Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Link. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents. This Saturday, the twenty fifth of May, you're listening to Community Radio Three CR. I'm Giselle Hanna, and I'm taking you through to nine thirty this morning.、Um, of course, I should let you know now that Radiothon is fast approaching. So very soon, Asia Pacific Currents is going to come to you once again and ask you for your kind and political support for alternative. Voices on Community Radio 3CR keep us on air by donating generously to our Radiothon this year. At some point in the program, I'll, say, I'll play some community announcements just to give you all of those details.、Um, in the second half of the program today, I'll be bringing you an interview with Hilmi Dabach from the Australian chapter of the BDS campaign, the Boycott, Divestments and Sanctions campaign against Israel's apartheid regime against Palestine.、Um, for those of you who have been following the campaign or even just popular culture, you probably know that Eurovision was held in the last week,、um, and of course this was a major focus for the cultural boycott part. Of the BDS campaign, so、I、speak to Hilmi about how the campaign went, but also the broader objectives of BDS and ways that you guys can participate. But of of course, first up on the program today, news from around the region, and we're going to kick off by looking at the situation in Indonesia, particularly around the elections. While the results of April's elections in Indonesia have generated protests in the streets of Jakarta, with a number of people being killed in the last couple of days, there's been another dark underside to these elections. Reports are coming out that around 300 election workers died, and another 2,000 taken ill, as a direct result of overwork during the election campaign. This was a result of the incredible tensions that the election generated and the pressures on election workers to make sure polling went smoothly, to guard the completed voting slips, and to accurately count you know, the ballots in the shortest possible time. Workers have reported continual shifts of between 24 to 48 hours. Moving now to Bangladesh and looking at the jute workers we've covered before on the show, almost 100,000 jute workers in Bangladesh have been on strike since the first week of this month, protesting over unpaid wages, sometimes as much as three months' worth. Workers say that non-payment of wages is pushing them to the brink of extreme poverty and starvation. With no alternative sources of income, they are being forced to take loans on high interest just to put food on the table. As part of their actions, workers have blocked major national highways and railways near their factories. The non-payment of wages in a recurring, is a recurring issue for these workers, and one of the demands is for the government to put in place policies and laws that would generate, or sorry, that would guarantee that workers are paid on time. 
And moving now to India, four sanitation workers have died of asphyxiation after inhaling poisonous gases while cleaning a stormwater drain pumping station owned by Ahmad, uh, Ahmadabad Municipal Corporation. Ahmadabad City in Western is in Western India. The incident happened when the labourers were putting back the pumping motor in the well after cleaning it as part of the pre-monsoon maintenance work. The workers were contract labourers and they had not been provided with any safety or breathing equipment. A layer of water contaminated by a cocktail of chemicals covered the floor of the pumping station and this is thought to be the source of the poisonous gases that led the workers to collapse. The workers then may have also drowned in that water. And in Iran, the protesters from the 1st of May are still in prison. On the 1st of May, hundreds of workers and labour activists demonstrated in front of Iran's parliament to demand better rights for workers and the release of imprisoned labour activists. The government responded by attacking the demonstration after only 10 minutes. Over 50 demonstrators were taken away by the authorities. Well, most of the demonstrators have been released, including longtime labour activist Reza Shahabi. There are at least eight that are still being held in Evan Prison. All the labour activists who were taken away on the day have been charged with disrupting public order and participating in an illegal demonstration, while bringing the additional charge of acting against national security on some of the other detainees. And we'll continue to report on the situation for those comrades in Iran. And now in South Korea, the Korean Workers' Compensation and Welfare Service released their long-awaited report on Wednesday, the 22nd of May, on the health and safety conditions for Samsung electronic workers. The study collected data from 200,000 electronic workers who worked at four different chip labs over a 10-year period from 2007 to 2017. The researchers tracked two types of blood disorders, leukaemia and non-Hodgkin lymphoma, and they concluded that while they could not determine exact exposure levels, it was quite clear that their working conditions contributed to the incidences of the illnesses. Health and safety activists have welcomed these findings as it vindicates their long campaign against Samsung, but also pointed out that the research did not include temporary or casual workers. And you might recall that a couple of weeks ago we spoke to um, Dr. Uh, Jong Ok Kong from that particular campaign um, and we're looking at compensation for those workers. And we'll continue to bring you those stories. Still in South Korea... Tens of thousands of Korean workers took to the streets on Saturday the 18th of May to, co- to commemorate the 39th anniversary of the Gwangju Massacre. This event, often known as the May 18 Democratic Uprising, refers to the popular up- uprising that occurred in the southern Korean city of Gwangju from May 18 to 27 in 1980 against the military dictatorship of that time. This uprising was put down by the military and while the exact numbers of protesters killed may never be known, estimates range from 200 to 2,000 protesters killed with many others injured or arrested. 
And our last story uh, for the morning is again from India, where six workers have sustained burn injuries when a fire broke out in a garments factory in the Kansa industrial area of New Delhi in India. And this happened last Sunday. Two of them are said to be in a serious condition. The workers had stayed back to sleep till the morning in a room in the basement of the factory as they had worked two hours extra till 2am. The fire was caused by an electrical fault. The outcome could have been much worse as at the time of the fire there were around 40 workers still in the building or rather only 40 workers still in the building, whereas if the fire had happened in the middle of the day, there would have been considerably more workers in the building at that time. And that is the news from around the region. In 2019, 3CR has the power. Add your support during the annual Radiothon to Power Radical Radio. Radiothon starts 3rd of June. To donate, call 039419 8377 or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2019. Power Radical Radio. Hi, it's Paul Kelly here. Hi, this is Shane Howard here, asking you to support 3CR. Independent radio station, encouraging independent music and independent thought. They've been supporting musicians for more than 30 years, so let's support them. You're listening to Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hanna, taking you through to 9.30 this morning. Of course, for those of you who don't remember or don't or don't participate in popular culture, the annual Eurovision Popular Song Contest uh, began on Wednesday the 15th of May and finished on Saturday the 18th of May. This year, it was held in Israel, making it the perfect target for the BDS, the International Boycott, Divestment and Sanction Campaign against Israel's apartheid regime against the Palestinians. To talk more about the campaign, I speak with Hilmi Dabach, and he is one of the co-founders of the BDS branch in Australia. My name is Hilmi Dabach. I am a co-founder and current convener of BDS Australia. Of course, BDS stands for Boycott, Divestment and Sanctions Against Israel. And we, one of the recent uh, big, big uh, parts of the BDS campaign was the boycott um, Eurovision because it was held in Israel. And this is an element of the cultural boycott. Tell me uh, how that went and um, how widespread the boycott was across the world. Um, I think it's went, it went very well, uh, although... We didn't achieve uh, like this. I think it was idyllic target to, that the event doesn't happen. I, the call came from the boycott national committee in Palestine to the whole uh, to the whole world, and there are organisations and groups similar to ours in, in so many countries. So it was a global campaign, and uh, it's. I, I, True, the Eurovision happened. It didn't stop, but there are 
there was a lot of artists uh, who signed up against uh, having it. There are journalists uh, uh, and so many reporters, let alone the people, of course, who requested that this uh, Eurovision doesn't happen in Israel for the obvious reasons. How did it go? I can talk about Australia. Um, we targeted mainly two um, entities. One is SPS, asking them not to broadcast it. And the Australian uh, artist representing Australia to the Eurovision, which is, uh, who is uh, Kate miller Heidecke. And um, uh, although, again, we didn't really manage to bend their uh, decision, but I think there was an important media coverage for the campaign, and uh, BDS in general uh, is, is in a, a major uh, factor in it, is raising awareness. And we, I think we, we have raised some awareness. People maybe never heard of BDS, have heard about it. People read uh, plea to or heard or seen Roger Waters to Kate miller Heidecke saying, don't go. This is an, an, uh, an art wash for apartheid, systematic apartheid system and state. So I, uh, to a good extent, I think we have achieved good results. Uh, we knew from the beginning that it's not going to be easy to change the decisions, but uh, we wanted to make noise about it, and I think we have succeeded. I certainly agree that there has been a lot more discussion about BDS in parts of the community that don't usually talk about the political situation in the Middle East. So yes, in that regard, it was successful in terms of broadening the discussion. Of course, the most powerful part of the BDS um, is the economic um, sanctions or impacting or uh, hurting Israel economically. Some of the big corporations like Albert Industries, those targets um, would be considerably more powerful, I think, than a cultural boycott. What is happening in the economic divestments and sanctions part of BDS? All right. As you have rightly identified, BDS has two mainstream. One is the cultural and educa education boycott. And that's, in, in fact, important because, um, the, 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 as you know, uh, the students in universities are usually um, um, active uh, uh, politically. And take United States, for instance, they they are playing an important role in the whole BDS. So that's the education and culture. The second mainstream is every other product and services. And there are campaigns uh, going around uh, the world. Uh, we, have, we have about to launch, in fact, we launched softly, but now we are going to uh, focus on it because we were busy with um, Eurovision. Hilliard Packard are targeted by a global campaign because they assist the security system in Israel in the, uh, all these terrible checkpoints, IDs, uh, uh, police interrogations, including what, as you know, uh, um, arresting uh, the kids, in, in Palestinian kids, by the Israeli securities. Terrible, uh, like participation in this uh, occupation and apartheid. So um, the, the campaign is going around the world. We are going to focus on it from now on, and we are quite optimistic about achieving good results. Uh, another, 
example history, but which was successful. We targeted the real flying doctors, which was going to go in partnership, uh, joint venture with El Beit, uh, Israeli arms manufacturing, which says on it, its website, I think they've removed it now, uh, that their weapons are field tested, field tested against Palestinians in Gaza. And uh, within a campaign, we launched a good campaign, and real flying doctors realized at the end that this was wrong joint venture and shouldn't do it. They were going to build together, or Elpate uh, was going to uh, provide technical assistance and building um, training, uh, pilot training center in Dabo, but I think that has been now uh, changed. So um, these are only like two examples. There is Veolia. Uh, they sold all their businesses in Israel. There is G4S. They sold all their businesses except one uh, minor uh, uh, joint venture with Israeli companies. There is Orange. Sold all its business in Israel. And as much as the uh, economic pressure is important, it's again... Um, maybe more importantly, they raise, they raise the awareness around the globe on why there, is, there are so many people who don't know much about politics in the Middle East or not, don't know enough. And when, you, when they know there is boycott, they start to ask why, and they start to know about the unjust cause. Plus, uh, isolating Israel. Israel has to feel the pressure from the uh, people from the grassroots people, because obviously, unfortunately, the politicians are, on the contrary, they are especially for the superpower and the important countries in the world. Uh, so they, they need to know why Israel has to be isolated. There should be pressure on Israel to change the mindset of the Israeli people, the majority, unfortunately, and the government to change their mindset so they accept just peace with the Palestinians. Well, let's talk about the um, Israeli actions against the Palestinians again to understand why uh, a, such a international BDS campaign. Uh, and of course recently there was an upsurge in offensive and action by Israel against Palestine. Can you tell us what happened recently and particularly the arrests of children and the detention of Palestinian children? Take Gaza, the um, uh, Great March, uh, uh, Return March, which has been happening uh, over a year now. And people marching um, peacefully, civilians marching peacefully to defense of the Gaza, which has been, which is located since now 12 years, I think. And they are uh, shot by the Israeli army on the border. Uh, in cold blood. Uh, there are 300 people who have died, uh, including journalists and paramedics, and there are kids as well. So that's only an example. I mean, let alone that Gaza Strait has been like under full blockade almost for 12 years. Yes, they do allow minimum food, otherwise 2 million people will starve to death. The world would not accept that. But uh, no construction material, no, lot of things are not allowed, and people cannot move freely. There are people who are terminally sick, cancer, or terminally ill, or they need really good um, medical uh, care, and they can't get out of Gaza. Students can get out and continue their studies overseas. 
can go and meet my brother in Jerusalem or in Ramallah or wherever. That's the kind of life uh, they are suffering. Uh, the United Nations, the United Nations report says Gaza will be um, un, uh, uh, not good for living in 2020. So we are talking about next year. And still the world is turning blind eye, doing nothing. And that's why the BDS called, and that's why the BDS is getting more and more important. Well, Hilmi, thank you so much for your time on the program today. If there were any listeners who wanted to get involved in or participate uh, in the BDS campaign or even just respect uh, the boycott on the various cultural aspects of Israel, how would they do that? How would they educate themselves about it? People who want to know about BDS, it's very, very simple. Please go to our website bdsaustralia.net.au. Everything we do is on the website. Again, it's bdsaustralia.net.au. And they can contact us. In fact, now we are developing our website. We'll make it easier for people to contact us and to join and be involved in the campaigns. We do need supporters on the ground. We have very, uh, uh, like, we have very... uh, strong plans for future, and uh, we, ju- we like people who really believe in humanity and believe that there shouldn't be injustice, be involved with us, because without them we can achieve nothing. That was Hilmi Dabach speaking about the BDS campaign, uh, and particularly in light of Eurovision. You're on Community Radio 3CR. I'm Giselle Hanna. I forgot to mention earlier in the program, uh, this show, Asia Pacific Currents, is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. If you want to get in touch with us or find us on the web, do that at www.aawl.org.au. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms. I'm going to um, play a track. We don't often get time for a track on this program, but this morning we do have that uh, time. So uh, I'm going to play one of my favourite songs called Workers United by an Australian band called I. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.